0: This is Jim Lyon, you're listening to Viewpoint. With me today, the amazing Jamie Wilkerson. How are you?
1: I'm doing well. It's so good to be now, here.
0: Now, Jamie, tell me the truth. I don't want you just to give me that that fake answer that you're doing well <laughs> when actually you're struggling well. because the world's on your shoulders. <laughs> what would you say you're really doing well?
1: I'm doing great. It's it's Come on. Spring is in the air <laughs> so how, could, so. how could you go
0: wrong on a season oh, yes. like this? I get that. Mm-hmm. But what we just interacted here is something that all of us know, isn't it? That in ordinary mm-hmm. conversation, we often ask, how is someone? And we ask a question. We don't really care what they're going to say. Or right. they say, well, we're fine when actually their mother just died and they just don't want to get into it. <laughs> right. Know? Exactly. And, and there's a certain lack of authenticity in that, isn't there? When we Sometimes. accept as a kind of a civil norm. Well, it's not really true, but it's just the way we are socially trained. And yes, we can't get into the deep with everybody who walks by and inquires about us. But there's a certain level of authenticity and truth-telling that we miss in our culture today. And we here at Viewpoint are doing this series, as you know, Jamie, about truth in a world where people are trying to figure out, is that really true? Is that guy telling me the truth? Is that headline true? Is the news fake or is it legit? But it's not just about the headlines, it's about my working place and my house and my friendships and everything in my neighborhood. How do I know what's true and what's really not? And does it even matter? Yeah, it does matter. Jamie Wilkerson, have you ever heard of Jeremiah?
1: Yes, I have.
0: I mean, so what do you know about Jeremiah?
1: He was very bold.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Very bold. He was a guy with a lot of courage. Very, very bold, yes. And would you say he was a truth teller?
1: I say he was. I say he was a truth teller.
0: He was a guy who... What do you think? Well, I think you're exactly (laughs) right. I mean, the mark of his courage was his capacity to say things that didn't always go down well with his audience. In other words, it wasn't that he was just trying to be a provocateur, but he had a courage of conviction which caused him to speak things that were hard to hear. But he loved his country so much, he loved his people so much, he loved his God so much, mm-hmm. that he just would not be cowed by the popular culture, which didn't want to hear that truth. So, yeah, there's one thing. What else do you know about him? Do you know anything else about him? I think
1: Jeremiah was—he was very obedient to God. He was—he was obedient. He trusted the Lord. I mean, it, I guess it takes a level of trust. To speak for someone that you cannot see and say things that most people don't want to hear, which, I mean, today we, we don't, it's very rare that you see people that will
0: be willing to do that. I think you're exactly right on. He had a lot of courage because of his trust in God. I mean, if you don't believe there is a God, and if you aren't certain that you're going to be backed up by something greater than yourself, The temptation to lie or accept a lie will be so much greater than if you actually trust that there is a God, and that that God has a moral order of the universe and is a champion and defender and an advocate for the truth, and he's with me when I tell the truth? Boy, that makes a whole difference. And you're right. Jeremiah seemed to have this deep confidence in God, even though the world around him was, well, pretty wishy-washy on the reality of God's power and presence. Here's another part of Jeremiah's context that's really important, and this is a guy who lived many centuries even before Christ. Jeremiah lived in a world that was upside down. His country was in jeopardy. It was besieged by all kinds of forces. It had enjoyed some prosperity and some greatness in years gone by, but now it was at kind of a pivot And it was feeling vulnerable. The people, if you took a survey, if they asked, well, where's our country going? Some would say, well, it's cool. It's all good. Others would say, well, we just feel like there's a cloud on the horizon, some uncertainty. But it was a world that was changing. And he was speaking into a culture that was trying to maintain a sense of normalcy and ambition, even though deep down inside they knew something isn't right about this. Mm -hmm. and while he lived in his lifetime, he saw his country suffer a great deal. It fell victim to all kinds of enemies in ways that it had not before, and that's all part of his context. So he had courage to speak not just in a world of comfort and ease, but in a world of great tensions and difficulties and a divided house in his community. There's a passage in the book of Jeremiah. He is a prophet. He wrote down his words. There's a record of his life, and uh, that that passage is in Jeremiah chapter 5. Give us the first three verses. He's he's talking to his city, Jerusalem, and he's being bold. What does he say?
1: He said, "'Run up and down every street in Jerusalem,' says the Lord. "'Look high and low, search throughout the city. "'If you can find even one just and honest person, "'I will not destroy the city.' But when they are under oath, saying, As surely as the Lord lives, they are still telling lies. Lord, you are searching for honesty. You struck your people, but they paid no attention. You crushed them, but they refused to be corrected. They are determined, with faces set like stone. They have refused to repent. Ouch. That's very sobering. Oh,
2: my soul, oh, how you were. How you're weary from fearing you lost control This was the one thing you didn't see coming And no one would blame you though If you cried in private If you tried to hide it away So no one knows No one will see If you stop believing Promise that someday it all works out. Cause this is the valley.
0: Jeremiah lived in Jerusalem, and I'm just here to tell you, and this is the truth, we here at the Ministry of Christians Broadcasting Hope often take groups to Jerusalem, to that part of the world we call the Holy Land. Jamie, you've been on that trip with us. Yes, I have. It's wonderful. And it's a a once-in-a-lifetime, once-in-a-world kind of place. We want you to know we're going back again in January of 2020. And you can go with us. Oh, how fun it would be for you to travel with us through Israel and Jordan and to see the landscape, the stage upon which so much of history has walked Whatever you think about the politics of this time, no matter what your view is of these nation states, or anything else, what cannot be denied is that that piece of dirt is where God chose to reveal himself, his word and the word that became flesh. Come with us. Check us out on our website. We'll give you that address shortly. But before I go there, I want you to know also, you can call us up and ask a question about that trip to the Holy Land or... Call us up with anything that's on your heart, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. This is our number toll-free, 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439. I'll give you the number again at the close of the broadcast with our web address, but know this, we're always glad to hear from you. Jamie, when you went with us to the Holy Land, when you traveled through that sacred ground, can you just give me one memory? What thing jumps out at you that you loved and will never forget?
1: You know, the, one of the things that stood out, there were so many great moments there, of course, but one thing that really stood out was walking through Bethlehem Square, um, just seeing all of the different um, nations of people represented there. And for me, going through that experience, it just reminded me of what God sees. I think sometimes we can get stuck in our own little world, in our own little box, but going there just allowed me to kind of see things, just a little glimpse of what God sees from his perspective. I got to see people from just about everywhere. Remember, there were people from China and yeah, they were all there to worship the Lord. And so it was really, that was a beautiful moment.
0: And what Jamie's describing is the fact that our trips to the Holy Land always coincide with the Orthodox Christmas Eve. What the Eastern Rite Churches, we call them the Orthodox Churches, they celebrate Christmas Eve on January 6th by the Western calendar. And so we were there that Christmas Eve, and that's what you're describing. Yes. People from all over the world, but especially the Orthodox world, were there celebrating Christmas and how fun to be there because so the, fun, the, yeah. the manner of dress, the cuisine, mm-hmm. the music, everything was, was a, amazing. a jumble of the whole yes. world. And it was like the Bible coming to life. It was. Literally. And it's so spectacular. And that mm-hmm. big towering Christmas tree still standing in Bethlehem's major square. Absolutely come and join us. But you know Bethlehem is just outside Jerusalem, it's not far away.
1: That's right. Sometimes
0: we read these stories and we think about great distances. It's really just about 6 miles <laughs> yeah. from Jerusalem. Now, in the Bible time, that would be a long ways to walk if you oh, yeah. were just trying to traverse on foot. Today mm-hmm. it seems like a stone throw, Pretty, so to yeah. speak. Jerusalem is the place where Jeremiah lived and and that city's still there. Mm-hmm. We can still go to places where Jeremiah was walking about. And in the passage you just read, in this heart cry of God, and actually this judgment of God, he's talking to the people of Jerusalem, a whole city. It's a beautiful city. It's, at the time, wealthy and prosperous. I mean, it's had a long and proud history. It has a lot going for it. Beautiful climate, beautiful topography, great architecture, lots of dynamic people, uh, rich and deep religious history. It's got all that going for it. But what God is looking for is not a postcard, and he's not looking for the way things used to be. Mm-hmm. What you read, Jamie, was he was walking the streets of Jerusalem. It's almost as if the Lord himself is walking through the city, and who is he looking for? Who someone is he honest, looking for?
1: someone, just one person. I'm looking know?
0: for someone who's honest. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for the truth teller. What this tells us is how highly god values the truth and sometimes i think where is god and why can't he find me why can't i cross paths with him maybe need to stop and think am i being as honest as i need to be because that's who he's looking for he wants to come and hang out with people who are honest mm-hmm. in fact when you think about jesus uh, jamie think about this who are the people that we have famous stories with jesus i mean he's got his disciples but as he's going through towns who is he stopping to talk to who are the people that cross his path What's the, what's the thing that they all have in common? I think
1: one of them would be <laughs> expectation. These are I think they were people who really in their hearts maybe God saw that they they needed God and they really wanted
0: God. So there was a hunger and thirst.
1: There was yeah. for
0: for more than what they knew and mm. had. Absolutely that was there. But it strikes me that Jesus also He's always in trouble with somebody because he had dinner with so-and-so. Mm-hmm. They weren't good enough, or they weren't rich enough, or they weren't clean they enough. Were or they were Ritualistic, they were outcasts or whatever. Mm-hmm. But they all have a common denominator, and that is Jesus is hanging out with people who are honest. The woman caught in adultery is honest. Right. The woman who washes his feet with her hair is honest. Mm-hmm. Zacchaeus is in the tree, he's honest honestly owning the fact that he has robbed his neighbors Mm -hmm. through his tax collecting business. The blind guy on the road to Jericho is honest. Mm -hmm. Nicodemus is honest. Mm -hmm. You see, Jesus is drawn to the people who are authentic. They may not have everything together. They may not have all of their ducks in a row. But the one quality that seems to draw Jesus is their honesty. And that's what Jeremiah is saying. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for people who are honest. But what does Jeremiah tell us that God finds when he walks around Jerusalem?
1: He found that they refused to pay attention. They refused to be corrected. They were determined with faces set like stone, and they refused to repent. So their hearts were hardened. That's what he found. And he that's f- maybe, that may be why they call him the weeping prophet, because of all of the
0: Because his honest assessment and view was was so much sadness. It, Mm -hmm. it, It was sad that these people would not repent. And what's striking is, it's not that they had been deceptive, but that even when God was present, even when the truth came down the lane and around the corner and was right there, they still would not repent of their falsity. They were still even taking an oath. They were swearing by God, for instance, that they were telling the truth when they were lying. Mm-hmm. They were so deceptive. And time after time, they'd been given a chance to tell the truth. God is not willing to harm them or discipline them. He doesn't want them to suffer. Mm-hmm. Time and time again, they had a chance to just say, oh, that was a mistake. We should not have said that. We should be more truthful. But what he finds walking through town is they won't change. Jeremiah is a prophet of God. He speaks in an ancient time, but I fear that he may be speaking to us in our time also. And he's speaking about the high value that God places on truthfulness, how much God despises lies. And he talks about the city of Jerusalem and how the Lord has been searching Jerusalem for just someone who's honest, but all he can find are people who don't tell the truth. And they they lie for their own ends to advance their own cause to maintain the status quo or to secure gain. And in Jeremiah chapter 5, verse 12, God responds to this after many chances for them to clean up their act. Jeremiah tells us, They have lied about the Lord and said, He won't bother us. No disasters will come upon us. There will be no war or famine. God's prophets are all windbags who don't really speak for him. Let their predictions of disaster fall on themselves. Therefore, this is what the Lord God of heaven's army says, Because the people are talking like this, my messages will flame out of your mouth and burn the people like kindling wood. O Israel, I will bring a distant nation against you, says the Lord. It is a mighty nation, an ancient nation, a people whose language you do not know, whose speech you cannot understand. Their weapons are deadly. Their warriors are mighty. They will devour the food of your harvest. They will devour your sons and daughters. They will devour your flocks and herds. They will devour your grapes and figs. And they will destroy your fortified towns, which you think are so safe. Wow. What God is saying is... Because you won't tell the truth, because you will not be honest, you're going to lose everything. And I think about how easy it is for us to be comfortable in our zone. I mean, do you ever feel, Jamie, like, you know, everything's okay, and what difference does it make? And maybe I may just not worry about those lies I've told or that deception or, you know what, so I'm not so good. I'm not really living up to what I know to be right. I mean, But God isn't going to do anything about it. He's not going to bother us. And all those preachers, those people, those prophetic voices, honestly, they're just hot air. I mean, do you ever experience that? I sometimes feel like I live in a world like that.
1: I think it is easy in today's world to be more comfortable just because there are so many gray lines. And, and, you know, we don't have, I don't know that we have people like Jeremiah running up and down the street saying, hey, repent, you know. Um So I think that it can be tempting to become um, just comfortable and just, you know, nothing's really happening major in my life. Then maybe I'll just, you know, slip into um, just a place of I don't know, neutrality, I don't
0: know. Well, I think your word complacency, complacency. is exactly. Complacency, exactly, spot. that's
1: the word I was looking yep. for, yeah.
0: That's uh, spot on. Mm-hmm. And I think we live in an age where people, again, like in ancient Jerusalem, they went through the form of worshiping God, but their hearts were not honest. And they tolerated all kinds of deception, and they didn't think it really mattered. And because it served their ends, because it maintained their position or gave them some material and advance. They were willing to tolerate a culture which was not true. And we live in an age where we have to be very careful with this, because God then took away his protection. They had been protected, and he took away their protection. God's removal of protection caused them to lose everything, and the whole nation went through a terrible and difficult time, I don't think it's because God was trying to be punitive so much as He was trying to be redemptive, mm-hmm. like a, a loving parent who sometimes says, "You know what? You're going to be on lockdown in your room, or you know what? You're not going to be able to have the car tonight, or whatever." It, mm-hmm. it sounds awful in the moment when your freedom is restricted, but it actually it's the loving discipline. Mm-hmm. And God loves His people. He loves us. He loves the city where you live. He loves the country you call your own. He loves you, but He will not stand for forever by while you, your country, your city, your house, your heart are not true because he cannot find a place with a lie. For him to be close by and to be our friend and our companion, our advocate and our protector, we must be honest. Honest about our faults, honest about our temptations, honest about our failures and honest about our dreams Honest about the good and the bad, we must be truth. And so it was in Jeremiah's day. The people suffered, but Jeremiah, weeping prophet that he was, always gave them a glimmer of hope, and we're here to do the same for you. Wherever you are in life today, know this. You have a responsibility yourself to be honest. Do not attempt to pretend to be something you're not. Don't think that God isn't watching and doesn't care about how you represent or misrepresent yourself or the reality of which you're aware. And know this, your responsibility does not just stop at your front porch. We all have a responsibility to be a voice for truth in our culture, in our society, in our public square. All of us have a responsibility to be a prophetic voice, that God cares about the truth, and that's the starting place for his provision and blessing for us. How can we do it? What can we do? I believe that all of us today, myself and Jamie and all of you listening today, have something we can do to help protect our cities, our communities, our country in this way of truth, what to do. Start by praying. Take a deep breath, and we're going to ask God to show us the way and believe that he's going to show us what to do. Pray with us. Our Father, we're so thankful today that you know us, each one by name, that you love us deeply more than we love ourselves. We're thankful for the nations that we call home, for the cities that we call home, for our homes. Thank you for the life you have breathed into each of us. Help us to be honest, Lord. First up, we just admit, Lord, that we're not always honest and authentic. We're not always truth tellers. Forgive us of our sin. Help us to be known as people of integrity who tell the truth no matter what the cost. To speak the truth in love, may that be our signature, Lord. We can't do it by ourselves. By your Holy Spirit, fill us and empower us to be truth-tellers. Secondly, Lord, help us to be truth-tellers in our communities, in our towns. Don't let us just sit idly by and wink and nod at things that are not true, imagining that it doesn't matter. It does matter. Help us to be advocates for a culture of truth so that we can honestly listen and know and navigate towards truth. People have different perspectives, Lord, and can honestly hold different ideas, but help us to do so honestly and authentically. We pray, Lord, that we'll be representations of Jesus Christ, the Lord, who is himself truth. I pray, Lord, that you will cause us to be born again. For Jesus' sake, Lord, remake us, renew us. We admit our sin. We ask for a new life We pray that we'll become more and more like Jesus, our Lord. He was the way, the truth, and the life. May we become so in every place that we live. And we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Who thinks that when you pray like that, God actually will respond? Maybe in the minute you're still not certain, but if you keep thinking in this way and praying in this way every day this week until this program rolls around in seven days, Mm -hmm. I believe God is going to impress upon you something in your life that you need to handle, or maybe something in the world around you where you need to speak up. Maybe you're the next Jeremiah for your town. Don't be afraid, be encouraged. And if you'd like to talk to us about that, give us a call. Again, our number, 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439. Jamie, if someone doesn't want to call and talk on the phone, though, but they'd still like to know a little bit more about what we're talking about, or maybe send us an email, what's our web address?
1: It's www.cbhviewpoint.org.
0: CBH, Christians Broadcasting Hope, that's who we are, cbhviewpoint.org. Read about the ministry there, you can sign up for the trip to the Holy Land there, and you can also send us an email there, and we will reply. Or at the last, just send me a letter. Address it to Jim Lyon, Viewpoint, Post Office Box 2420, Anderson, Indiana, 46018, USA. But whether you call us on the phone, check us out online, or use the post, please. Let us hear from you this week. Honestly, truthfully, absolutely, we would love to hear from you. Jamie. Thanks for coming alongside. Thanks for sharing a little bit about Jeremiah with us today.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: And we're so glad that you joined us also for all of us at the Viewpoint Ministry team. And there are a whole group of people behind the scenes that you can't hear, you can't see, but I promise you they are the best for all of them and for all of us at Church of God Ministries, which is the host and platform of this broadcast. This is Jim Lyon. Stay tuned.